For more information on this topic or on the subject of disciple making in general, look us up online at browndegreen.org or send us an email directly at podcast at browndegreen.org. Thanks for listening. You're listening to The Great Awakening, a disciple making podcast brought to you by Brown to Green on the Stream Grace Network. Hey, disciples, this is Travis Evans. Thanks for listening. I'm with Michael Ferris. Mike Ferris today. And uh, man, we're glad you guys are with us. Um, Hey, if you enjoy what you're hearing today, please leave us a review or share our podcast with your family and friends and let them know that they can listen to us on any podcast listening platform. If you're interested in this topic uh, or or more information, you can check us out at browndegreen.org or on Facebook at browndegreen. Today, our guest is Charlie Blair. Um, man, Charlie and his wife, Anita, are friends of ours from, from Kansas City. Um, I, I, like, I don't know. We use this term in disciple making. These, these, you guys are OG disciples. You guys are from, you guys are from the, the front end of the New City group, right? You guys have been doing this for, for a little bit. So, man, Charlie, it's good to have you on today. It's really good to be here. Yeah, we started out uh, with Chris and the Bleeding Edge. <laughs> that's awesome so charlie when did you when uh who did you walk with did you, or did you walk with chris or did you yeah uh chris was leading at the time and we were actually developing the the core materials that was sort of a we, we were in, in the first few experimental groups i think he had another group or two that were running side by side where he was applying what we were learning but we were trying to develop what, what the core process and the core materials look like. That's cool. What, what year was that, Charlie? Oh, somewhere. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. A few, a few years ago. When did we start this? Uh, t- t- 12, 13, 20, something. 15, 15? maybe. Tw- well, it could have been 13 or 14. Yeah. Way back. I can't remember how long we've been doing it. It seems like only yesterday that we started. Isn't that it's cool? It's been that much fun. Yeah, that's awesome. So that that's cool, man. Like like you guys were in on the front end of of developing some of the tools that um, that we use today, like every day to make disciples with, and that's that's stinking awesome, man. Um, well, yeah, it, it's been fun to see the the tools develop and sharpen. Yeah, that's the sweet part about the tools, right? Is like they're all they're all founded from the Word. So as the as the Lord reveals more to us. Like the tool, the tools develop more depth and and get more honed in towards the word, right? Which is the way it ought mm-hmm. to be. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess every time I use the tools, I refine them. <laughs> but I find what you just said to be true. You can always you can always sharpen them on the word because yeah. it's not the tool that's so important. It's the word that the tool reveals that we're yeah. really aiming at. So cool. the, the tools have to be modified and shop, sharpened and uh, uh, sometimes like a good weapon sighted in. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Spoken like a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> the plumb line. I love it. I love it. So um, what's like the, the idea today is like just stories of transformation. What, how disciple makings, you know, impacted your life, transformed your life, changed your life. So, so tell us a little bit about like, you're, you know, when you were working with Chris and the front end of this thing, how, um, how that started opening your eyes to the kingdom and, and how that started to change you in Anita's life, Charlie. 
Well, discipleship and church growth has always been the, the center of my heart. I, I come from a, a an ancient uh, kind of, a, it would be an odd tradition to most of the folks in our audience here, uh, but it was a, a non-instrumental, non-cooperative uh, background, but they loved the Word of God. Uh, and that set both Anita and I up to challenge virtually everything we saw being done or we heard being preached with the idea of proving it, whether it was right or whether whether it was scriptural or not. Not whether we liked it or not, but whether it was scriptural or not. And we both had long had a, a, a just a, a strong desire to see people grow in the knowledge and the truth of the word. Come on. Way back when Chris first took me to lunch and he was kind of floating this idea, Chris and I tell slightly different versions of this, but we talk about it almost every time we get together. <laughs> so, I enjoy both versions. Uh, but, but we were relatively young as a, as a congregation at the time, and Chris was floating a new idea by me. Well, I don't know if you're as old as I am, and a young pastor floats a new idea um, by you. Your first thought is, not another idea, not another program, and uh, I'll, I'll wait to see how long you stick with it before I invest in it. Uh, so I was, uh, I said something to him like this. I said, Chris, discipleship is the only thing that's important. But I guarantee you, if you change your mind in six months, this is where I'm going to remain. This is the only thing that's left. But guess what? Chris hasn't changed his mind. Come He's on. doubled down, doubled up, exploded in it. Come and I'm on. so proud of him for that. Uh, and I'm proud of all the people who've, who've walked behind because I love this focus on the word that ends up in transformational life and basically transformational communities because I'm still anticipating the power uh, of the communities released through this uh, discipleship process. Of course, it was the only tool in Jesus' box, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I was just breaking down some word this morning out of Colossians. I've been eating my way through Colossians and I'm almost I'm almost there. I'm uh I'm in I'm in chapter four and I was breaking down verse twelve and thirteen today, but in verse twelve he says he's always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully sh- assured. Right? Mm, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's 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 it, man. Like standing firm and it's that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, in 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 my experience, I've I've been teaching as a uh, a teacher, not a good teacher, but as a teacher since sometime around 1972. So I've had a long time to do things poorly to some degree, even. Right. I've always been excited about the Word of God. And I've known that the Word of God is where the power is. But transferring that to a transformed life has always been somewhat hit or miss in my experience in the church. Right. It's been preached powerfully. Uh, but not walk powerfully. Uh, it's been taught powerfully, but not walk powerfully. Uh, and when these tools began to be refined, like everyone else, I was a little skeptical of the concept of tools. It sounded kind of gimmicky, right? And that's probably one of the first things that everybody addresses. But as I keep telling them, the tool is a means uh, to get to the truth. Any good craftsman knows how to do the job, but the tool is how the craftsman gets 
the job done. Yeah. So the tool is never the focus, and tool is never, even though I love tools, yeah. uh, the, t- t- the t- tools by themselves uh, have no uh, no impact, no effect, and and no use except to hang on the wall as art. Yeah, uh, and that's not part of God's. Uh, process is it no for sure i think it's cool because like for like for me not being wired as a naturally as a as a teacher gifting like having the tools allows me to package the word up in a way to give it away um and um and like teach these basic precepts in a way that like i would i would try to do with a thousand words but i can narrow it down to like more simplicity you know and i think that's the thing the tool helps me with because i'm just not you know i'm not naturally gifted or wired as a teacher and so i don't see things the way those the teachers do normally and so like having tools helps me to to hone it down to be able to give it away in a way that um that me as an an evangelist apostle wouldn't normally give it away you know yeah, and that's, exactly, that's exactly right. What was it? Shakespeare said something about that. He says, if a pitcher paints a, a thousand words, why don't we use tools? Yeah. Yeah, come on. You don't remember that quote from Shakespeare? No. I, no. But, but that, <laughs> that sounds a little like Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> that's super cool. Well, it, it, go ahead. Well, no, it's it's kind of like what you guys are saying. For me, it's what I always tell people. Like, the, the tools are just a visual aid for the word, yeah. right? Like, that's all they that's are. It's just exactly a visual aid for the scripture. It's not, like, it's not the tool that has the power, but it's the word. And as we're speaking, I was reminded of 2 Timothy um, 3.16. is all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so it's kind of what you were talking about earlier is for me, it's the same story the, the more and more I teach tools, the more and more it becomes like more honed in. I become more comfortable with it and the more, but it's the word, like when you begin to kind of get out of the way and let the word teach the word, it's so much easier to kind of give uh-huh. it away. And, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, and it's just becoming, and kind of like even for me, and I am a little bit more wired teacher, but just kind of what I've kind of learned now, I'm on my third group of guys. What I've learned is like, man, like the, the simpler it is like letting the word just, you don't need to sit there and teach in a lot of times you don't need to teach into it. And you get in moments where someone, Hey, I don't really understand what this word is saying. We'll kind of unpack it a little bit, but where the tools are just like, Hey, like, let me te- like, let me show you how we define a disciple. Right. And this is when the word, what it says. And one thing what I've been kind of seeing too, you know, and sometimes I think when, with some of the tools where I've been kind of sharpening them is uh, like, I have one that, that I, the Lord showed me one time where you walk people through like walking through hardships. Right. And, and really it's the discipline of the Lord. And in that moment, like I'm sitting, I was in Hebrews the other day. I think it's Hebrews. Is it Hebrews 12 where it talks about that? I have it written down, but man, I was sitting in that. Hall of, hall of faith. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think, I think I just quoted the wrong address, but what, what I'm getting at is like what I noticed in that moment, like I had this, I had this tool that I've had kind of or a visual aid to the scriptures. Right. Um, Mm-hmm. that I've kind of used before to walk people through when they're walking through, you know, hardships or discipline. And as I'm sitting in the word, I begin to see, I was like, man, like I have, I have a scripture from here. Let me just flip it to it. Really 12, quick. seven. Yeah. Hebrews 12, five through 11. There you go. And, and so I have scripture, you know, from Matthew three seventeen in here, um, Ecclesiastes and Romans five, two, five. And, um, but I'm sitting here looking at this and I'm like, man, really like the whole, this whole thing can just simply be taught out of Hebrews 12, five through 11. Yeah. You know, it doesn't uh-huh. need, it doesn't need to be, I don't need to pick and pull scripture from other places when right here in Hebrews 12, 
5 through 11, it talks about exactly why the Lord disciplines us, right? And so, and it's been super, it's been super cool kind of sitting in some of these tools and seeing that play out as well. Why does he discipline us? Uh, so yields a righteous crop of here and we flip to the word. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to paraphrase it. But, but that shows a great deal. Of, yeah. uh, Go ahead, Jordan. That shows a great deal of respect for the word. When you, I said that shows a great deal of respect for the word when you let it teach rather than trying to proof text. That's it. That's oh, exactly sure. it. In like other words, it, it, if, we, if we believe that the word is the word of God, we have to believe that it agrees with itself. So we shouldn't be surprised that we find it in different places. But when we can teach it deeply out of one place where that's the, the thought process and then connect it to the other places of Scripture, to what was written uh, beforehand for our instruction in the Old Testament, uh, and see it revealed here in the application of transformed lives in the apostolic writings, then we can see that this is a, a true and powerful uh, word of God uh, that has been the same word from the first word uttered uh, when God said and everything was, and to the last word words he'll speak uh, in this timeline, which is, uh, welcome home, sons and daughters. That's it. Come That's on. exactly it. And so to answer your question, Travis, right? It's because he's we're his sons. He says, um, so my son do not regard lightly discipline of the Lord, nor be weary reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, right? Why yeah. does he discipline us? Because he, he loves, loves us, us, right? It says, for this discipline that you have to endure, God is treating you as sons. For what is the son there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which you are participated, then you are legitimate children and not sons. Besides that, this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and respected them. Shall we not much more re- subject to the father's spirits and lo- life where they discipline us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But the discipline now for us is good. They share in his holiness, right? Which is last time I ate that it's sanctification for them. The moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Right. And what I love is like, therefore lift up your dropping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight the path for your feet so that what is lame not may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. And so it's, you know, it's exactly what's, what's cool is what you just said, Charlie is like, I've been, I had this conversation with someone, um, yesterday, but like, or no, it was this, it was this morning with Jenny Brockman, me and her were talking about the word and, um, and she was in, um, where was she was at? She was reading. Oh, it was the, give us this daily, this daily bread. And she goes, when, when Jesus says like uh, man does not live on bread alone, right? But the word right. of the Lord, she goes, this is, she goes, this was in the old, like, this is quoted in the old Testament. Like, yeah, I was like, Jesus doesn't I'm like, <laughs> Jesus is constantly quoting the old Testament. And even, even going further, like in the letters of Paul, like it's funny because some people will kind of press back and, and stuff on these things. But like, man, like even Paul, like they're not writing anything new. They're going back and really just kind of quoting old Testament scriptures or, you know, going more and expounding on the word just a little bit more. You, you think maybe God had thought that out from the beginning. Yeah. It's like he had it all planned out. Right. I don't know. That's weird. It's freedom for me <laughs> that I don't have to come up with a bunch of new stuff. Right. Yeah. Like it's all right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ecclesiastes says it like this. He says that which it has been will be. Yeah. And I think that's really the, the core of it. There's nothing new under the sun. Come that's on. not desperation. It's telling us the continuity of God's purpose and the way he has already stated it. So Jesus depended on that. He said, I've never, uh, I don't say anything. I haven't already heard the father say, and I don't do anything that I don't see the father doing. So he didn't come to, to do something new. He came to renew what had been done. Come on. Um, which is perfectly, I mean, it's why we make disciples, right? Yeah. Because that's what he was doing. 
And so that's exactly right. And uh, but it, that's always been the purpose. When God called Israel, He called a community to accept a life as a redeemed people, holy and set apart as a priesthood. But they were a chosen race. But here's the discipleship part of it. They were a contrast people, which were meant to be visible to all the nations of the earth in such a way that all the nations of the earth wanted to be like those people and have their God. Mm, that's what discipleship does. Come on. And that's why it's so powerful, because when we transform our lives, we don't look like us on steroids. We look like Jesus in the world. Come on. Come that's on. A city built on a hill that's hope to those in weeping and gnashing of teeth. Come on, man. That's awesome. You were talking about discipline a second ago. Discipline is one of those words that has admittedly a negative connotation, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's but not what it means in the word. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean a spanking. I don't spank <laughs> Come on, you Charlie. Because, because I love you. I don't beat the snot out of you because I love you. <laughs> I take the trouble to work with you through the turmoil and the details of life to make you stronger. And go back to Hebrews chapter 5 uh, in uh, verse 14. That's where he's already said that very same thing. He says, but solid food, and that's the scripture he's talking about is for the mature. And this is how you get mature who, because of practice, that's discipline, have their senses trained through discipline to discern good and evil. God loves us enough not to leave us unarmed and ineffective in a violent uh, spiritual world. Come on. on. It's funny. You talk about that. It doesn't mean being spanked the word. So when you eat that word discipline, it means instructions that train someone to reach their full development maturity in him. Come on. That's exactly right. And so James, of course, doubles down on that. If you turn the page from chapter 12 of Hebrews, James doubles down on that in terms of, uh, testings and trials, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he says, and let, uh, considered all joy, my brethren, mm-hmm. that you encounter various trials. Now, when you go to the gym, isn't that? I know for me, it's a trial, but <laughs> it's, it's it's a testing of your strength, isn't it? Yeah, it may show how little, but the, ultimately, it helps you develop strength. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect, complete lacking in nothing, and that's discipleship. I, 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 One of the most common topics and aha moments for people that I disciple is this testing of faith. Invariably, people who come to Christ as babes encounter a difficulty in life, and they want to just sit down and cry and complain and say, well, this Jesus thing isn't working for me. Look at all this trouble. Mm, yeah. And I look them in the eye. I open these kinds of words to them, and I say, have you not realized that God is now partnering with you as a kingdom entrepreneur to stand in these battles, which he's prepared you for and equipped you for and will help you endure because your road uh, to transformation and your road to sonship and daughtership is not through ease, but it's through the very expressing of your faith in winning the victory for the kingdom of God and taking territory where your feet stand where you were is where God wants to be. And he's partnered with you to start knocking the gates of hell down right there 
and taken that as kingdom territory. So every time you see a fight, man up, woman up, and say, yeehaw, because our God has decided that we can take this territory. Come on. Come on. Be strong and courageous. Come on. <laughs> it's exactly it. Come on. That's it. That's the Joshua, right? Yeah. Strong and courageous. That's it. <laughs> uh, and it really, that, that, that strong uh, is, is, and courageous, that's really the concept of persevering. It's yeah. not without fear, but with full engagement, expecting uh, the promised outcome. Come yeah. on. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, talk to us about what um, what's going on what's going on right now in your life, Charlie. You, uh, you, you told us just a little bit. You, you got some groups that you're walking with right now. And, uh, yeah, I've got, got two groups I'm, I'm getting ready to release. One I'm releasing on uh, June uh, 7th. Uh, my wife, is, Anita's releasing a group that night as well. And uh, I've got another group I'll be releasing probably in uh, a week, week and a half. We have our, our last tool presentation uh, tomorrow. I do that on Friday afternoons and then probably release them next week or the, in two weeks. Uh, but it's been really exciting for both of them. The group I have on Monday nights is a, is a group of young guys. They're in their 20s yeah. for the most part. And one guy's in his 40s, but the rest of them are in their 20s. And of course, a 20-year-old can't think of a thing they don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so they have uh, challenged in every way, but these kids uh, love the word of God, and they have finally uh, taken the, uh, how you say, the challenge to lead not according to inspiration, but according to perspiration with the Word of God. Come on. And, and that's uh, to, to measure their life by God's Word and then step into it, even if it's a little uncomfortable or a little bit painful. And uh, that's, that's difficult, you know, as a 20-year-old. <clears throat> they started off wanting the uh, e- easy button of discipleship, right. but I, I see them really uh, stepping in fully into the full sweat and uh, strain uh, that comes with discipleship that lean that leaning forward to take hold of that w- for which heaven has taken hold of them. Yeah, and that's just kind on. of fun to see how they've battled the demons in their lives and how they're battling. Uh, basically for some of them, the real issue was sedentary faith. Yeah. And, uh, that sedentary faith has been awakened to, uh, to, uh, a militant, uh, faith, uh, that works in their own life first and then works in the world around them to make it better. So that's been a really exciting. Uh, at, at first they had the concept that they would approach the concept of the tools as, well, really need this. I've got a better idea. I think I could do it this way or that way. Uh, but I'm known to grab, look them in the eye, actually reach across the table, grab them by the shirt collar and pull them <laughs> over the table or, and talk to them closely uh, and, and des- describe that they, uh, the reason we're in this conversation is because you asked me to help you get to where you wanted to go. Yeah. If you still want to get there, you might want to ride my horse. Right. <laughs> yeah. And my horse are the tools of discipleship, Come on. Uh, which, which have been really effective. If they get these basic concepts down. They've really got a foundation on which to start growing, not to finish growing. And that's uh, so, empower, so powerful. But I love the way they love the Lord and ha- have seen the transformation in them as they, uh, a couple of them are single guys. One's a, a new father. 
and one is a, a father with young daughters. And uh, so just to see them start transforming their homes, uh, it's just been exciting. And just to see the consistency and the excitement as they hang with God, not just on my time, but on their time. That's cool. Hey, you said something that I wrote down that jumped out in my head because <clears throat> I was talking to a guy last night, um, had dinner with a guy who's, um, he just, he just uh, started a group the first part of this year. And, and so he's just, uh, just paused for the season of rest. And, and he's like, man, like this has been a, this has been quite a learning experience, you know, just got released in the, in the fall or the, the, the middle of the winter. And um, you said like, these are foundations to start growing from. And mm-hmm. man, like how much, how much truth in that? Like I thought I'd, I thought when I'd walked with Moix and I learned the tools and like the Lord had started transforming my life that like, Oh, now I, now I get it. But then when I started walking with men, I realized that like, I would like, I was just beginning to get it. <laughs> well, that's the power of eating the word and, and the power of, uh, of, of the learning circle, both. Uh, Cause I teach my guys from the very first moment I introduced the, the learning circle that this is the tool for processing your life. Yeah. It's not a play tool for when you're just trying to, to lead a discipleship group. Come on. Yeah. I tell my guys often the same, same thing I had, the guys I'm currently discipling, Charlie, are, they were terrified the first time they saw me walk someone through a learning circle and then they started trying to avoid it, you know, and anytime I'd start trying to kind of press in, they would just, oh. and I'm like, guys, this isn't a bad tool. This yeah. is to help us make observations in the word observations in our life, observations of what's going around you, right? I was like, you can, you can use this in good things. Like, what am I seeing right now? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing men and women rejoice in the Lord. Like what last night or a couple nights ago, we went outside and I had them make observations in God's creation. And then, Hey, and I had them kind of like, what's, why is this sticking out to you? What are you reminded of in the word? And it was really cool as they're sitting there, like, like I think several of them came back and said, I'm watching men seek after the Lord. And they were like, seek first the kingdom as a doe, you know, thirst for water. So is my soul thirst for you, O Lord. And so kind of coming in, they're like, Oh, this isn't a bad thing. I'm like, I was like, man, every, every, like, I was like, I'm constantly walking myself through learning circles. Me and Lauren both are, you yeah. know, even, even things to like, you know, how we run our household or just day to day things. And just even in moments where something, you know, she might say something that I don't like. And before I speak, I'm like, well, why did that, you know, why did that offend me that way? Or, oh, okay. This is more of a heart issue for me than it is for her. Yeah. Right. And then what am I reminded of in the right. word? You know, husbands don't deal harshly with your wives, right? Yep. And so, which means don't be an annoyance to them. And so, <laughs> and so don't man. be annoying. <laughs> but essentially, what this does is allow us to hold the mirror in front of us, the Word of God in front of us, to reflect on us in such a way right. that we can constantly measure who we are as as a as a as a child of God, and are we speaking? truth and love are we acting truth and love and are we mm. acting uh, in a transform transformational uh, a way uh, but it's it's exciting because once they experience the the learning circle and experience the success of walking through a difficult time of their life even if it's because uh, it's not just the correction it's also how we make good decisions in life you know right. it's how we 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 take those big you know God steps to, to the future when he says, Hey, how would you like to change the world over here or over here? Right. Uh, so it's not just correction. It's invitation into what God's doing. Mm, uh, and when, when they experience it 
and maybe I'm the world's worst learning circle teacher, but I don't see many learning circles working out in, in just a few minutes. Most of them take, for me, it takes about two hours to process a learning yeah, circle. Yeah. No, that's right. That's exactly. <laughs> for sure. And it takes, it takes at least 45 minutes to get to the, so this is what I'm hearing phase yeah. accurately. Right. Because, uh, the, people are practiced in not actually telling you what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but when you hit that point and, and my, and all the other guys can see the countenance change on the face of, of, of the person who is uh, going through the learning circle, they'll feel the temperature change in the room and they'll feel the atmosphere change. They'll feel hope break in. And all of a sudden the spirit moves and you can feel heal at the edge of healing uh, moving mm-hmm. over. Not only that person, everybody else because on. any one person's uh, learning circle is everyone else's learning circle uh, as no, well. Yeah. So that's much true. truth <laughs> there. Truth in that. Yeah, that's right. That's so good. That is so good. Yeah. yeah. My other group is, is a, are older guys. They're up in their late fifties and well, I guess they're probably all in their late fifties. Maybe that's even about older. your age, not, about your age, right? Yeah. Johnny? Yeah, if you had, if you subtract twenty or more years from, from my age, I'd be in my yeah somewhere along in there. Uh, but uh, I'm 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 working on seventy one this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so like I said, one's a, a counselor and he's also a preacher, and there's an elder. So the probably the most intimidating thing for me was anytime I work with a anybody with a counseling background or a set of defenses that are, are hypersensitive. You have to be real gentle with introducing this tool, but they gobbled it up uh, because they saw in it the structure of letting the word speak. Come this on. was a fundamentalist uh, congregation. It's, a, it's a, outside of our, our faith practice. Right. And so to teach them that the spirit was going to break into their lives and reveal the solution to their problem, was a little bit of a, a step beyond their, their practice. Now, to their credit, their eyes got big in wonder and desire, not in skepticism. Come on. Come on. And, and they stepped into this tool powerfully, and each of them experienced a, a powerful uh, moment, uh, a, a powerful kairos uh, that was just life transforming for them. The, the last one, I'll tell you the story of the last one because it was so powerful. One of my guys, he, he's, he's, uh, he, he's blind, uh, but he's, he knows the word. He teaches. He's very active. He, he teaches he, everywhere he can. He teaches. And, he, and all these guys know the word. So when I mention a scripture no matter where, or a circumstance, no matter where in the Bible, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. we can build on that without having to try to tell the story first. Right. Uh, but this guy, he'd had a real tragedy during... Uh, the time of our discipleship process his, his granddaughter six year old granddaughter had been in a horrific car accident and had massive brain damage uh, concussion and stuff that she had been on life support for a long time and of course he prayed in tears for her but his biggest their one commonly held belief was that God doesn't necessarily respond to our prayers for healing well, uh, he prayed for this granddaughter. She's made a lot of progress, uh, she, actually miraculous progress, but he's been praying for her consistently. 
But as he's, as he's sharing his frustration and he's in tears, I just would like to know that my prayers matter before God. And that was the moment the temperature in the room changed. Yeah. Come on. And the spirit fell. And with tears in his eyes, I looked, I could see tears in each of the other guy's eyes as well. And we can just hear the pain of that statement. About that time, one of the other guys, he's the pastor of that congregation. In tears, he looked over, he said, Mitch, brother, I got to tell you something. You got to hear this. And he unfolded the most powerful story of three years ago when he was in the hospital on the verge of death. And it was Mitch's prayers that brought him healing. Then the other guy in the room, Carl, had had cancer a few years ago. And he said, Mitch, you remember when I had this, I was going through this and the prayers you prayed for me, look at me now. And for the first time he could see physically what it looks like for God to care about his prayer and to hear his prayer. And God had done it like we often, none of us often realize that God hears us. But once we realize he's been hearing us for a long time, we can reframe what that looks like. And his life was transformed and he repented of accusing God for not hearing his prayers. And you can just see the joy and the hope overcome him. And each of the other guys with the testimony to God's answer to him. Come on. That's so Never would have expected that particular one. That was yeah. a, that was a, I could, only the spirit could have done that. Right. I couldn't have anticipated that answer. That's awesome. This reminded me of this, of Psalm eighteen six. It says in my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help from his temple. He heard my voice. My cry came before mm-hmm. him into his ears. Like he hears us, doesn't he, Charlie? <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Good stuff. Well, he hears us because he loves us. He's always hearing us. He's always speaking to us. Come on. And, uh, so, we just don't know how to listen. <laughs> well, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I mean, and, and like, that's a, like when you say that, like, we just don't know how to listen. Like sometimes <clears throat> like we get like the noise of the world keeps us from hearing clearly. Right. And like, even in those learning circle moments, like that moment right there, that Kairos moment where the kingdom is breaking through, like everything gets quiet and like, like you hear clearly, like you, you discern clearly that this is the spirit of the Lord speaking in this moment, interjecting himself from the kingdom of heaven into the kingdom of earth, like coming down in that moment to speak into it. And it's like, once you, once you're, once you are a experience, Genosco that right, experience that for yourself, <laughs> like nobody can take that from me. I, uh, that's exactly right. Uh, I've, uh, found a power in the, the washing of the word part of the learning circle. And I often will take a sidestep inside that and create another little circle down at the bottom right-hand side of the Cairo circle. And I call it the truth exchange. Because very often, once they come to a point of understanding what it is their problem is, God will speak to them and help them understand the lie they have believed Come on, about God, about themselves, about their circumstances. And when they understand that lie, we lead them in repentance and they repent 
to God for believing he's the cause of it and forgiving whoever else is involved in whatever part of this thing that goes on, including themselves. And then they ask God for a truth in exchange for that lie. That's such a tender moment because God will speak to them and them alone at that point in time. And they cannot refute what God has said to them. And God always speaks healing at that moment. And I have them write that down. And that's the place where healing begins. And that's what the place where the plan then has roots uh, and works toward transformation because it's the breaking in the washing of the word by the writer of the word, the author of the word himself, who speaks directly to them through the power of the Spirit in a transformational way that if they receive it and they confess, that means to agree with God about their situation, that God will partner with them for the transformation they desire. Come on. It never fails, and it's always yeah. so powerful. But, that, but that's the powerful repeating that in the, uh, in, in, in the learning circle because God is always anxious to speak to you. So why not live in that circle Come on, where man. God talks? True story. It's, you you walked me through that. I don't know if you remember this, but you and Anita both did that with me um, a while ago, a while back. You actually it was at it's at what Rachel Moitz's funerals where you guys did it. Um, and so, man, there was a yeah. moment of yeah. yeah, remember that. And I bar like I I took that from that night, and now it's something that I do with my guys in that moment. Yeah, and it's you know like we'll I'll get everyone to get around them and lay their hands on them. We begin to kind of pray and. The same prayer you walk me through, you know, like breathe out the lies, right? Breathe uh-huh. in, breathe yeah. in what the Lord says about you, right? And kind of speaking yeah. over them, what we're reminded in the word that the Lord says, like you're in the son who he's well pleased, you know, he sees holy and blameless without blemish and, and, um, man, and I'll often, as I'm praying that I'll be like, now I want, like, I'm asking for my voice to be less in your ear and I want right. you to draw near to the throne room of grace, right? Like draw near to his throne room. And I, we kind of back off and we let him sit there and we're like, man, when, when you hear his voice, I want you to get up and write what he says to you on the board. Right. And they get up and it's, you know, it's like they have their, like they know what the Lord's telling them to do. And it's like, all right, now this is your, it's time to make a plan. Right. And what's cool about yep. what I've seen in that is, you know, I've had it happen several times and with guys and they'll kind of, you know, you know, how it gets like, you're talking about really learning circles, two hours. Like sometimes the learning circle can actually be 48 hours. Right. Because they're kind of going their plan. You get some guys who are, you're tossed to and fro a little bit like, well, you know, and but we can always go back to the moments like, listen, like, here's what the word said. Mm-hmm. Right. And you, this is what you said. The Lord was speaking to you in that moment. Yeah. Right. But like, you, like I didn't say that to you. Yeah. You know, you didn't exactly say that. Right. Like the Lord said that to you. That is a pillar of faith. That is the foundation you now stand upon moving forward. No one can come and take that away from you. Well. And, and that's the power of the learning circle because instead of us sharing beleaguered opinions yep. and preferences. We can get out of the way, let the word speak and let the author of the word speak Come on. exactly to the, and he never, he, he says it such in such simple ways, but they're always profound and always healing. Yeah. Yep. True story. I, I'm not, I just, I just can't imagine it any different. Yeah. I, so I'm not totally from, I mean, like I understand what you guys are talking about, but I haven't seen that played out. Um, intentionally like in high direction from somebody like my part as a leader, but I watched it play out by the leader, by the Lord on Tuesday night when, Come when on. we walked one of my guys through and, um, and like, you know how, when they, like when they speak out the lie, 
like when it comes out of their mouth, it was like you can just immediately, you're, you know, like it, it's all over. And they're like, oh, that, like it, they knew it was a lie, right? Like he knew it was the lie. Yep. And then, and then we're like, we're washing it in the word, right? And so we're right. like, there's three more, like it's him and there's three others of us and we're given word, right? And it, and like all that word was a good word. It was the word of God. The spirit was reminding us of that in that moment. But like, but like in at the towards the end of that, and I'm like, man, I think this is enough word. And I'm like, like, do you, Charles, do you have something? Like, what's the spirit telling you? And then he, and he, like, exactly, minute immediately, like the spirit gave him word. He was like, oh, like this is, like this is the this is the word, right? Like this is this is the word of God for me this morning. <laughs> and it was one that, like, it was one that he had built pillars of faith on. Like the Lord had. Like the Lord had written this word on his heart and he had used that same word to walk out of other difficult situations. And he was like, Oh, like this is, this is it, you know? So I watched it play out having no idea. Like I, but, but it's the, it's what you guys are talking about is something that the Lord does, right? Like it's so cool. That's That's absolutely correct. Uh, I'm trying to find it real quick, but uh, Paul wrote to Timothy about that. uh, And he told, uh, Timothy to war uh, with the words given at his when when the elders laid on his hands and his grandmother and, and mother spoke over him. Right. In other words, uh, we're supposed to take these these moments where God speaks to us and put that on the foundation of any future decision. Yeah, come on. And so when we hit, when we encounter doubt, when we encounter fear, and when we encounter an obstacle. We go back and say, has the Lord not said? Right. Did he not say to me on this date, Charlie, I told you this. Are you going to believe me now? Or are you ever going to, are you going to call God a liar? Yeah. So once we know that that's, so when I get into times of doubt, fear, and frustration, I begin visiting my words. There's such a continuity to those words that I'm strengthened, encouraged, and I know that I'm right. I'm not in the line of fire of the enemy, the enemy is right in the line of fire of God and I'm the weapon. Come on. That's it. That's awesome. That's super cool. <laughs> Man, it's it's awesome, Charlie. You brought that word up. I've been needing so I've been sitting in Timothy and that's actually where I started in Timothy, right? And then um the Lord was like, Hey, you need to go back and start with Timothy one, the whole entire book and both letters of Timothy. But what you're talking about is it's a good servant of Christ Jesus. It starts at verse six. If you put these things before the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus being trained in the words of faith and of good doctrine that you have followed, have nothing to do with the everent silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness for while bodily, bodily training is of some value. Godliness is value in every way as it holds promise to the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance for this to the end. We toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of people, especially those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believer's example in speech and conduct and conduct and love, faith and purity till I come to devote yourself to public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect, neglect the gift you have, which was given by prophecy. The council of elders lay their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself that, in them. you, you, you got to read that as a learning circle moment, right? Learning circle moment. That's exactly yeah. it. Come on. That's okay. exactly it. You know, keep reading. I didn't help but interrupt. No, you could. I mean, cause it's exactly what is, what's happening. It's just practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching persist in this for by doing so you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And so, I mean, you're exactly right. Learning circle. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by the prophecy with the council of elders, lay their hands on you. Practice these things, come up with your plan, 
walk it out right and it says so that yep, yep. all may see your progress like continue to carry out the action which is leads to your transformation and keep a close watch on yourself on the teaching persist in this by for doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers that's awesome <laughs> and reverent i said the word wrong the first uh, time <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that if, if there's if that's not the learning circle right there, I don't know what it is. And uh, uh, Travis, you mentioned that laying on hands was part of that, right? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Man. Sometimes you got to lay hands on a little more brutally than others, but you got to lay on hands. <laughs> that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> and sometimes you got to pull out the belt. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. <laughs> Charlie, what's the what's the biggest thing the Lord's teaching you right now in this season? I think it's some of what I just uh, said. He's always teaching me that, that we need to stand fast in the battle, that the battle is not the accusation against us, but it's the invitation for us to do uh, what he's getting ready uh, to, to do. Uh, if you think of the parable of the minas in, in Luke, do you remember that parable? Yeah, yes. It's a, it's a lot like the parable of the... Uh, 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 talents but it really helps us understand what's going on in the parable of the talents and the parable of both of the parables several guys are given a certain amount of money to invest correct right yeah and two of them perform admirably and are rewarded yes yeah one of them hides back buries the investment and doesn't move forward with it. In fact, it's an act of rebellion. Uh, there's a whole theological thing going on there that we probably shouldn't take up time here to do, but you can tell that that's rebellious, right? Yeah, come and on. And Jesus calls it rebellious as well. So the, but in Luke, in the parable of the minas, what was the reward for the faithfulness of those two servants? Was it doubled? No. Okay. They were given. They they doubled as an effort. They doubled yeah. their their investment. That's right. But the reward was they got they got cities to govern. That's right. See, we're not made to have money. We're not made to make to mm, just simply uh, to 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 do stuff and to have stuff. We're made to govern the kingdom of God. Come on. And. When we're faithful in a little, God gives us more cities to govern, places to change, kingdom territory to to take and to grow. Uh, where loyal citizens become, uh, we're, we're citizens under our, our the captives are set free, and loyal citizens are made for the kingdom of heaven. That's what this is 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 really all about. So, I I keep teaching and keep learning uh, that. Um, and it comes out of Ephesians chapter six, out of the armor of God. Because if you think about the armor of God, the first lesson I take out of this is what is on that armor bearer's feet? Shoes of readiness. And that's called what? It's the gospel, isn't it? Let me go back. Uh, it's, there, there's another word that you have to put in there. There's, you're exactly right so far, and there's one more word to add. The shoes of readiness that come from the gospel of 
or other versions peace, might say is peace, 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 peace. <laughs> now just think of the conundrum. Let your mind visualize this. That you have a, a man who's in armor and what's armor destined for? Yeah, war. But he's got shoes that are destined for peace. So peace cannot be the absence of conflict. Come on. But peace is being positioned in alignment with God in order to be effective in that combat. Come on. Because it's God who is the armor that we have the helmet of salvation. Right. We have the, 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 the shield of faith. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have the belt of truth. And we had the sword, which is the spirit of God that we use there in the learning circle, right? Yeah. And all these things, uh, you guys have had children, right? Yes. These, these, when, when they were small, they wore a onesie, right? Yeah. Right. So this armor of God is a onesie. You don't get this on a, on subscription off of eBay or Amazon. It's an all or nothing. And it's only bequeathed to us by the, our father, the King of heaven. And he is, becomes our armor. He wraps himself around us in the assurance of salvation in, in the forming of righteousness and in the, uh, uh, defense against accusation and, and Barbara's got this little sword, which is the sword of the truth. Now, many times in the past, people have seen that sword as that long Excalibur, beautiful sword, right? right. Because, because we like to make our own imagery of it. The word used for that is the really short, stubby sword about less than 18 inches long. And it's designed for close in personal infighting. Yeah. And here's what happens. Uh, First of all, we're, we're not designed just to stand out in the open and, and take hits from the enemy, right? Yeah. That's what the shield is all about. Yeah. We're to, we're to, we're to advance in the shoes of peace, defending ourselves with the shield of faith so that those fiery darts fall helplessly into that shield of faith and have, have no impact on us. But every once in a while, one of those darts get by, gets by us. And for most of us, that gets, sets us into remorse and guilt and shame and all that kind of stuff. But God gave us a sword of truth. That's what Timothy was teaching us. You take that sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth. And it's just your arm just long enough to turn that back toward yourself and dig out those fiery darts so that they don't live in your flesh. They don't mm, burn in your good. flesh and they can't cause an infection in your flesh. And you do the right thing and you apply the word of truth and you continue on attacking those darts that got past it as well as the enemy in front of you. And you, you, you don't become a pincushion for God. You become an advanced artist established in the power and truth of God, taking territory for God. And that's how we're positioned, even in all of our struggles. I don't know if you know this or not, but Anita was diagnosed with cancer a few weeks ago. So we've had a lot of time to practice this in our own lives. <clears throat> <clears throat> she had surgery for the first of the year. Uh, and we've been battling this since late last fall. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and of course we've gone through all the tests and the doctors and all that sort of stuff. And they have a way forward for us, of course, uh, involves uh, basically turning our lives over to them. Right. But we spent a great deal of time 
in the word and in prayer and for us he's given us the a different road forward this isn't against anybody else's road but he's given us that he he's going to provide the healing now we have to decide whether we are going to accept that word and work a stand on that word or not so we are <clears throat> in the middle of a battle we've got our armor on our feet are planted in alignment with God will we then war for the word and with the word that he's given us or will we turn tail and run and put our hopes <clears throat> in man and doctors but as difficult as that is, we've decided not to pursue any additional treatment. But we have to stand in faith so that fear can't creep in. So mm. day in and day out, we, we, we don't pray for healing. We pray accepting and praising for the healing that we've received. And only God can determine the outcome of that. But we have decided to trust in God to the extent that if God fails us, then we have utterly been failed. But there is no other rewarder but our God. Yeah. Come on. Now, everybody has to fight a battle like that to some degree. Most of us don't have to fight cancer. Many of us do. <clears throat> but once you fight a battle at that level, you feel kind of embarrassed about the times you broke and ran at the fear of a Jezebel in your life. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a good word, Charlie. Charlie, you know, at the end of that Ephesians 6, Armour of God says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that my words be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in chains and I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. Right? Exactly. So, man, like it's that, it, what's cool is like we've been in this and um, the Philipp, in Philippians and Timothy also talks about this, but like prayer is when we exchange our desires for his desires and that supplication mm -hmm. is when we make the deep ask, right? And the only way right. that we can make that deep ask is when we change our desires for his desires. So then we truly know what the deep ask is. And what I love about this, it's, it's man, like the reality is like we're all in it together. And so, man, like it's not just like the end, the way it ends, which is what I love about what the Lord does is he's like, hey, equip yourself with the armor of God to stand against the schemes of the devil. But at the very end of this, not only so you can stand against the schemes of the devil, that you can also be in prayer and supplication for the other saints who are standing against the schemes of the devil, right? And so, like, like man, I'm, like I'm, I'm going to speak for Travis in this, but we will join you in prayer and supplication yes. for this battle. Yes. Super, super. Sure. We love you, Charlie so, Blair. There's a, when you read that, here's how most people read that. I mean, you've done a few things. Try to remain standing if you can. <laughs> when, 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 uh, Put on the armor of God so that you can sit on the park bench and enjoy life. No. <laughs> That's not the way that reads. No. That's a very engaged reading of, of how to prepare for uh, the cities that God is going to put us in charge of, right? Now, you mentioned prayer, and that's so powerful. That is not a, an auxiliary. Uh, that is the final weapon. That's the uh, offensive weapon. Most people call the sword the only offensive weapon, but prayer is the offensive weapon, the, the weapon through which all the battle is taken for the glory of God. It's that time on our knees, and what prayer is, is not whining to God. It's a conversation to learn from heaven how to proceed in a situation and what God's will, 
how, how to best enact what we know God's will is in a situation. Yeah. Come on. That's, That's exactly awesome. it. That's awesome. Man, Charlie, it's, um, it's been a blessing to be with you today. I forget how much I enjoy hanging out with you. We, I get, I get, <laughs> well, we don't do it nearly enough. We, no, don't, we don't do it nearly enough, man. I gotta, I gotta come see you guys. I'm going to have to get up there. I guess maybe you guys will be down in the fall. Um, but man, I'm, I'm looking forward to hanging out with you and Anita again. We got room up here. We got it. We got an extra bedroom. We, uh, we've changed houses a couple of years ago. So we've got more room. We got room. Come, come see us, come stay, come linger, come pray. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That'd be awesome. That's awesome. Michael, you got any, anything to add? Man, Charlie, it's always a blessing to be with you. It's an honor to get to talk to you. And man, same same thing as Travis. I love you guys. I miss you. There's been several times that I've had um, awesome conversations with you and Anita, and you guys have also spoken the word in my life and helped me walk in freedom. So I'm always appreciative of you too. Yeah. You you guys make it easy to speak the word of God, and I I, I praise God for you often for that. That's uh, awesome. why Anita sends her regards because we've always been made sharper and better for our time with you guys. That's awesome. It is the Lord. It is. Hey, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a reminder in to everybody listening. If you haven't already, uh, please don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or whatever your podcast platform that you like to listen on. We'd love for you to be subscribing. Um, Hey, Charlie, we, uh, we have a kind of a a thing that we do that we ask the, we ask the guests to pray us out. So if you would, please do the honors and pray us out. I certainly will. So, Father, you've been the the primary participant in this conversation. We ask you to strengthen this conversation in the hearts of every hearer, that they would not hear uh, Michael or Travis or me or any of us, but they would hear you speaking straight to their heart and speaking encouragement and power and truth. And, Father, I ask you that you continue what you've been doing is raising up an army of disciples who love the Lord their God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength, and to love each other the same way. So Father, help us never fail in those two pillar foundations uh, of, of the of the strength of your word. Father, I ask your blessings on, on Michael and, and Travis and their homes and their families. And I ask your power to rest on them and your uh, they, they would be anointed uh, to teach, anointed to change atmospheres, and anointed uh, to bring kingdom with every step. And I just pray for your blessings in all these things for you are the one true powerful God. Amen. 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 Charlie, we love you. Love you. Grace and peace. peace.